All right, we're going to pray, and then we're going to get into the message this morning. Lord, I pray that these are your words. I pray that, that I, I'm accurate to who you are, that I teach it clearly, um, Lord, and boldly. I pray that you prepare our hearts for what you have to say. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, we are finishing up our series on the Lord's Prayer, which I've been kind of saying, I'm, I'm challenging all of us to have daily prayer. If, if we're Christians, we need to pray daily. But it can be intimidating to know what does that actually look like? How do I pray on a daily basis? And so we're going through the Lord's Prayer because this is really Jesus teaching us this is how to pray. And I've just been going through how to make it personal to your own life, but have somewhat of a template to go off of so that you're not there trying to just reinvent the wheel every morning as you're trying to pray. And so I can't recap all of them. Please go back and listen to any one that you have missed. But we are going to jump right into the last verse of the Lord's Prayer. And this is Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. And this is what it says. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, some translations just say deliver us from evil. That might have been what you learned, but um, NIV is the evil one. But either way, the first thing that you have to understand, and we talked about anything that's in the Lord's Prayer, it is so short and it's so simple that you have to understand that Jesus is telling us, this is something I want you to, to think about on a daily basis. This is something that is so important that every day you need to be processing this. And that's why he didn't make it 12 minutes long. He, he made it very, very short and very simple. He's like, this is what's important. These are the things that you need to talk to God about every single day. And here what we can see right away is, is simply this, that there is evil out there. There's evil in the world. There's an enemy that we have that wants to do us harm. And we need to, on a daily basis, acknowledge that, understand that, because it will change how we live our life. Now, it's uncomfortable to think that. We don't want to live life with that, with that thought of like, oh my goodness, there's someone out to get me every day. There's, there's an enemy that's, that's trying to take me out. That's not a fun or comfortable way to live life. And so the, the normal thing to do as a human is to just kind of not think about it because it's uncomfortable. And so we, we live in a, in a time in a country where things are pretty comfortable. And so it's easy if we want to, to just not think about the fact that every day that we leave our house, there is an enemy that is trying to take us out, that wants to hurt you, that wants to take you down. That's something we tend to just ignore. But Jesus right here is basically saying, every day you got to think about this. Every day this needs to be something that you talk to God about, the fact that there is an enemy, that there is evil in the world. And I'm going to read to you out of 1 Peter chapter 5, and we're going to read about six verses in here, verses 5 through 11. This is what it says. It says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. 
Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Basically, right here in 1 Peter, we see this idea, and you've probably heard just that verse of, the enemy, the devil, is prowling around like a lion, looking for someone to devour. Now, that's, again, an uncomfortable thing to think about. But if you do think about it, should it not change the way that you live your life? If you were going to go and get the mail, and you're just like, it's a normal day, you're going to go and get the mail. But if before you left, I was like, hey, by the way, there's like a zoo two blocks away. A lion got out. He's killed some people. Would you get the mail a little differently in that case? Right? The acknowledgement that there's real danger out there means that you live your life differently. And it's probably a good thing that you're living your life differently because there is real danger. I think about like the, the Civil War. What was kind of really crazy about the Civil War is that there were battles that were breaking out just like around people's houses. Have you ever thought like you could walk outside your house and there's like people shooting at each other right outside your house? Do you think that you'd live life differently when that's the case? If you're like, hey, anytime I walk outside, there might be a battle going on. There might be danger right all around me. You live life differently. There's a different way that you process through how you live your life day to day. And this is what Jesus is saying is like, you need to live like there is evil coming after you because there is. If you are a Christian, understand there is a real enemy. There is real evil out in the world that is coming after you and wants to destroy you, wants to hurt you, wants to pin you down. And that is simply the reality. It's not comfortable. We would rather it not be the case. We would rather be able to live life thinking, nope, everything's just fine and dandy. But it simply is not the case. The Bible is very, very clear that there's evil out there. What you have to understand is it says, lead us not into temptation. This word temptation or to tempt means to test something, to try to snare it. That's kind of the, the heart of what this is. And when you look at the Bible, when it talks about how evil operates, almost always it talks about evil setting snares. That's kind of how evil works. We tend to think of it and, and we get the imagery of a lion. So it's like, oh, I'm going to try, the devil's going to try to tackle me and it's going to be this, this big fight. But more often than that, when we look at the Bible, when we look at how, how evil works, it is it sets up snares. This is Psalm chapter 119, verses, verse 110. It says, the wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. So what is a snare? And why does over and over in the Bible, it says that evil sets snares for us? So for those of you who don't know, what a snare is, is it's a piece of, of 
wire or, or really strong rope that you try to figure out where animals are going to go. So you look in the woods and you're like, if I was going to be a squirrel or a rabbit, where would I go? And you, you try to pick out a spot that you think this is a good spot. And you, you kind of put a loop of wire right there. And what happens is if you're right and a bunny or a squirrel goes where you think it's going to go, it's going to try to walk through that. And as it tries to walk through that, it's going to get caught on the loop. And the further it presses forward, the tighter the loop gets on it. And our reaction as as people, but even as animals, is as something starts to startle you or scare you, is to run further in. And so you're using the animal's instinct to tighten that so it can't get away. And the whole point is you get to hold that animal there so that when you go to check it, if it's not dead already, it can't go anywhere and you can kill it. That's a snare. I'm going to hold this animal down. I'm going to try to figure out where it's going to go. I'm going to set a trap. And as it walks through it, it's going to get caught so it can't move. The Bible says that that is what we need to be careful of, is those traps, those snares set by the enemy. Now, here's the good news. It says in Psalm 119.10, but I have not strayed from your precepts. The Bible also tells us that when we listen to God and we obey God, he will not let our feet go to those traps. So if we are listening to God and we're staying on the path that he sets for us, there will be no snares there. That's what the Bible says. He guides our feet away from them. It's when we start kind of wandering around where we're probably not supposed to be that those snares start to show up all over the place. And that's where we start to get into some trouble. So, so far, what, what we have to understand and what we have to think through every day is that, number one, there's real evil. There's a real enemy that wants to destroy us. And it's probably going to be done through snares, through, through little traps that he sets, that as we kind of wander off a little bit, off of where we know we're supposed to be, we get caught and it kind of holds us down and it gets us stuck, right? Have you guys ever felt stuck? when it comes to your faith, your relationship with Jesus, you're just like, man, I just feel stuck. There's a good chance that you got caught in a snare, that that's what happened. And it happens to a lot of us because all you have to do is wander a little bit off of the path and that enemy has been setting all sorts of snares all over for you to try to trap. But here's where we pray deliver me from evil. This is what's exciting about it because you're basically praying to God. This is the, the heart of what Jesus said is, God, keep my foot from snares. Keep me from falling into the traps of the enemy. Keep me from getting locked down and tied up and deliver me from those things. The word deliver is actually really beautiful when you look at it. Because when we think of the word deliver, we just think of, of like saving someone from something. So like if you're caught in a trap, to be delivered means someone comes and just cuts you and then leaves, right? You, you've been delivered. But if you look at the actual word deliver, that's not deliverance because to deliver something means to pull it to yourself. It's not so much that I have freed you from the trap, but I have pulled you to myself. That is deliverance. 
And that is such a core part of this understanding of praying for deliverance, because when you're praying for deliverance, you're not necessarily just praying, God, free me from the trap that I'm in. You're saying, God, pull me to yourself. And in doing so, you will free me from the trap. But just being freed from the trap is not deliverance unless it is God pulling you to himself. I want to read to you another part of scripture that talks about resisting the enemy and how to overcome the enemy. It's James chapter 4, and I'm going to read to you verses 4 through 8. It says, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So here we get another instruction on how to resist the enemy, how to overcome what the enemy is trying to do. And he says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So we're, we're getting more instructions to this. But did you catch, he's talking about this idea that the closer we get to the world, the farther away we get from God. And the closer we get to God, the farther away we get from the world. Now, the world represents the things of really that the enemy is trying to get us to fall in love with. All of the things that are not eternal, all of the things that are temporary, those are the things the enemy loves to trap us with. And so the Bible is basically saying the closer you get to the enemy, the further away you get from God. And the closer you get to God, the further away you get from the enemy. Seems very simple, but it should change how we think about deliverance. Because oftentimes we kind of think of, of it as like a, an up-down thing of like, I'm, I'm trapped down, God lift me up, and then I can go about my life. But really we need to think of it as a left and right thing of you have God and God's ways on one side, and you have the enemy, the ways of the world, the temporary things. And the, the closer that you get to God, naturally the further you away you get from those things. That's why the idea of deliverance is to be pulled to God. Because in being pulled to God, you are being pulled away from the enemy. There is no getting closer to God unless you're getting farther away from the enemy. And sometimes that's what we think is we think, okay, God, I'm trapped. The enemy's got me. He's, he's beating me down. Save me from the enemy. And we just think of it kind of like, I'm down. Would you lift me up? But we can see right here in James that it is much more about just pull me to you, God, because as, as I get pulled to you, I am going to get further away from the enemy. There is no getting further away from the enemy without getting closer to you. It is a left and right thing. Here's where it gets really, really interesting. Did you notice something really, really similar in James chapter 4? and in 1 Peter. Did you notice that they both have something very similar in them that you might not expect? So we have two authors, completely different authors, did not consult each other before they wrote their books, talking about resisting the enemy, understanding that you have an enemy that's coming after you and you need to over 
overcome this enemy. And somehow they both quoted the exact same verse from Proverbs. God resists the proud, but gives favor to the humble. What are the odds that two completely different authors, when talking about resisting the enemy, would quote the exact same verse from Proverbs? That seems important to me, that maybe that verse holds a key to how we can overcome the enemy. And so it's this idea, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble, to humble ourselves. Why is humility so important in overcoming evil in our life, in resisting the enemy and not getting trapped by the enemy? Because clearly it is important. And we get the answer right in James is because humility paves the way for us to submit to God. Did you catch that in James? It, there is no resisting the enemy without submitting to God. They are one and the same. Submitting to God is allowing him to pull you to himself, which is what resisting the enemy looks like. You are being pulled away from the enemy as you are submitting to God. That doesn't happen without humility. It takes humility for us to say, God, yes, pull me to yourself. I don't know the way. It's not about where I want to go. I want you to pull me to yourself. And I know that as you pull me to yourself, you are pulling me away from evil because you and evil are on the opposite sides of each other. Submitting to God is resisting the enemy. That's how you resist the enemy. That's how but you will only submit to God when you humble yourself because submission is not natural to most of us. Most of us think we know the way pretty well. Most of us say, God, I have my route planned. I know where I want to go. Sure, I got trapped. Sure, the enemy's got me. Would you just free me from that so that I can keep going the way that I think is right? And that's not what deliverance looks like. Deliverance is God saying, yes, you are trapped. Yes, the enemy has you, and I'm pulling you to myself. And in doing that, I'm delivering you from the enemy. I know in my life, there have been seasons where I've been crying out to God for deliverance. God, deliver me, but at the same time fighting me, fighting him as he tries to pull me closer to him, right? That's an oxymoron. God, deliver me from evil, but don't pull me to yourself. And God's going, that's not possible. If you want me to deliver you, you must allow me to pull you to myself. And that's where humility comes in. And that's what we're praying in the Lord's prayers. We're saying, God, pull me from evil and pull me to yourself. Because that is the only way to resist the enemy is to submit to you and have you pull me to yourself. And we're only going to submit to God if we trust that he has the ability and is willing to deliver and protect us from it. We have to have confidence in the fact that God will deliver and God will protect. Otherwise, we are going to keep trying to do it our own way, right? You don't have to raise your hands, but some of us are stubborn. I'm stubborn. I feel like my way is pretty good sometimes, but we have to trust that God is able and willing to protect us from evil. We have to understand that that is the only deliverance from evil is submission to God. We need to have this heart. This is 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. 
It says, and pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Not might, not if you do it just right, not if you're good enough. If, if you submit to God, he will protect you and he will deliver you. Now, it might not feel like it happens right away, and that's what's hard. But did you notice in First Peter, it says, after a little while. And that's what, as Steve said this morning, sometimes you have to walk through some difficulty. And you're saying, God, where's the deliverance? And he's using that in your life. But you cannot lose confidence that he will deliver and he will protect. Because otherwise, then you're going to start going your own way again. And you're going to find yourself falling into more traps and more traps. Because when we go our own way, there are snares all over the place. And many of us have experienced it. The only way to live a life where we're not constantly getting locked down and caught up is to be pulled God's way, brought into him and living in obedience to him. And this is the heart of this prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. God, don't let my feet find all those snares that lock me down. Instead, would you pull me to yourself? Pull me away from the enemy. Bring me in close to you where my feet won't find any snares and where the enemy cannot get to me. That's the prayer. And if you're asking what this might look like just daily in your life, I actually am going to read to you Psalm chapter 1, Psalm chapter 141. This is a Psalm of David, and I think it's a beautiful illustration of exactly what this sounds like to pray this out. He says, I call to you, Lord. Come quickly to me. Hear me when I call you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the uplifting, may the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart be drawn to what is evil so that I take part in wicked deeds along with those who are evildoers. Do not let me eat their delicacies. Let a righteous man strike me, that is a kindness. Let him rebuke me, that's oil on my head. My head will not refuse it for my prayer will still be against the deeds of evildoers. Their rulers will be thrown down from the cliffs and the wicked will learn that my words were well spoken. They will say, as one plows and breaks up the earth, so our bones have been scattered at the mouth of the grave. But my eyes are fixed on you, sovereign Lord. In you I take refuge. Do not give me over to death. Keep me safe from the traps set by evildoers, from the snares they have laid for me. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I pass by in safety." I think that's a great example of what this looks like in our life to understand, number one, there's real evil. There's a real enemy out there that wants to do you real harm, but also understand you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough to overcome it. Your only deliverance is the hand of God pulling you to himself. And so you submit yourself to that. And that is what saves you from the evil and all those traps. So in a real practical way, this is what it looks like in my life daily. Or this is what I would, I would encourage you to do is, is understand that you need to submit anything in your life that you want protection over, that you need deliverance for. You need to submit it to God and ask him to pull it to himself. And so here are some examples that I go through every day. Number one, thoughts. You can ask God 
to deliver you and protect your thoughts, to pull your thoughts to himself, to pull your thoughts out of the traps that the enemy has laid for them. Have you guys ever gotten caught in just a cycle of thoughts that you're like, this is not good? The enemy lays traps for your thoughts. And you say, God, would you deliver my thoughts? Would you pull my thoughts? You can pray this over your marriage, your children, your home, your church. Hey, I'm going to be selfish. You can pray it over your pastor, please. Pray God's protection over my thoughts. Pray God's protection over everything in my life. Pray it over all the staff of this church. We all need God to be in charge of what we're doing. And you pray that protection and deliverance over the things that you know you don't have full control over, and the deliverance has to come from God, especially those things that you know that the enemy is coming after, the things that you know that the enemy would love to destroy. Make sure you are praying deliverance and protection over those things every day, submitting those things to God, humbling yourself and laying them at God's feet and saying, pull these things to yourself and away from evil. Every day, we need to submit the things to God that the enemy wants to destroy because that's really the biggest protection we can give to anything in our life is to submit them to God and allow him to pull them to himself. So let me real quick as we close, just run you through the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, I take the the time to be in awe of who you are, to, to respect you, to treat you as holy, to truly comprehend to the best that I can how amazing you are and be in awe of it. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, today, this is not about building my kingdom. This isn't about what I want to do. This isn't about my pride, my ego, my kingdom. This is about you and what you want to do. Today, I'm about your kingdom here on earth. Give us today our daily bread. God, help me to think about today, to not boast or worry about tomorrow, to not live in the past, but truly be present today, because this might be all that I get is today. And God, help me with what I need today. I know it has to come from you. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. God, I'm going to think back to the past 24 hours, and I'm going to lay at your feet the ways that I have fallen short, and I'm going to ask you for forgiveness, and I'm going to confess those things, and I'm going to trust that you are forgiving me and wiping the slate clean. But at the same time, I know that means I need to forgive those that I'm holding anything against. So I'm going to go through the people that I know I've struggled with bitterness against, and I'm going to wipe the slate clean, and I'm going to think through, is there anyone else in my life that I might be holding bitterness against because I have to forgive? That's not optional. If we're going to wipe the slate clean, we're going to wipe it clean for everybody. And then finally, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. God, today I understand that there is evil. There's a real enemy that wants to trap me, that wants to trip me up and hold me down and destroy the things in my life that are powerful and that are important. So God, I number one ask, help me to to not fall into those traps, but deliver those things. Pull them to yourself. I submit and I surrender those things to you. And now you have all the tools that you need for daily prayer. 
Maybe it's not perfect, but I believe that following through Jesus' training, if you do this every day, I have all the confidence in the world that it will change your life to walk through those things every day. So now I just encourage you to do it, to take that commitment to say, I'm going to pray through this every day and I'm going to see what happens in my life when I connect with God in these ways every single day. So if you guys will stand, I want to pray over you before we close. Lord, I thank you for the immense privilege that we have to walk into your throne room every day. Lord, the, the, the privilege that was set aside for one priest once a year, we get to do every day. God, I pray that we see the beauty, we see the privilege of it, that we're excited to do it. And God, I pray that for each of us, it truly changes our lives. God, I, I pray that, that we're going to hear about people who just their lives are radically transformed by this simple practice of just praying every day the way you taught us to. So Lord, I pray right now over everybody here that you would deliver them from the evil one. God, anybody who's, anyone who has been locked up, anyone who has, their foot has hit a snare and they're just stuck. God, I pray right now that you pull them to yourself. They, they, they not just free them from the trap, but pull them to yourself. Deliver them, Lord God. Lord, I pray that you help them to submit to you, to just surrender to you, Lord God, and ask for deliverance even right now. God, we want to be free. We don't want to be locked down. We don't want to be, be caught up. We don't want to be stuck. We want to be Christians who are free to chase you with everything we have. So God, would you protect us? Would you deliver us? Would you thwart the plans of the enemy, Lord God, in every aspect of our lives, Lord God? We look to you. You are our deliverance, God. There is no other deliverance other than you. And so Lord, we trust you. And we, we, we truly thank you for the deliverance that you offer us. And we pray this in your name. Amen.